Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things about the Cummings testimony was like he, he shone a light on how incompetence at the highest levels of government has caused 130 or like 150,000 deaths. But to be yeah. fair to Boris and Hancock, most of them were above the age of 80 and none of them were on fucking TikTok. So who gives a shit, right? I'm sorry, what? What's up, motherfuckers? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is episode 21 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. My guest this week is a political comic and left-leaning social media voice. In this episode, we're going to talk uh, that Dominic Cummings testimony, the variant first found in India, and whether trust in politics is gone for good. So please welcome my guest for this week, Bounce Back Billy. It is Friday night. It is half past seven, which means that if you're in the mood for some alt-right, super Tory sensibilities, you are in the wrong fucking place. Because I am sat here in my in my cabin. Uh, I'm joined this week for episode 21 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments uh, by my friend Bounce Back Billy. Billy, how's it going? You all right? Oh, I'm all good. How are you? Mm. Yeah, not not so bad for now. I feel like I need to sort of like pre-apologize to anyone that's listening to this episode because I sound husky as fuck and it's like half seven. I've been deteriorating all day and uh, I think maybe by the end of this episode I might have lost my voice. I don't know. Let's see how we go. Um, Some people prefer, prefer the voice where it goes a bit like that. Yeah, I've been pretending like to my kids, I've been pretending to be like a sort of nature-y kind of, not David Attenborough, but like that genre of program, right? So... Your voice would have to go considerably more to get to David Attenborough. Yeah, well, it's it, like I was my, my son was like finishing up his food and I was just being a bell end, like hovering around him going, Jacob is finishing his food in his natural habitat. And like stuff that, you know, self-amusing, like ways to make my afternoon pass quicker. I'm not sure he found is, it funny, but. Is that nature documentary or is that just a bit lurchy? <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit of bone. Jacob is finishing his food. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough about my health problems and weird voice. Uh, how's your week been? All right. Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty good. I've had some time off. I can't remember what I did with it. No. Why is that always the case? I don't know. It's like you sort of spend all this time kind of thinking. Well, th this is what I do. Like when I'm at work and I don't have time off, or you know, I'm my my diary is just blown out by family stuff. I always think, God, if I could just get a day to myself, if I could just have an afternoon, I'd work on this thing and this idea and this project. And then when I do actually get some time for myself, which is never, but when I do, then it's like, oh, I just sit there and fucking eat pizza and watch shit TV, you know? That reminds me what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, how was your time time alone? Oh, yeah, it was, it, it was all right, I think. Yeah. What did you do? I got a bit lonely. Yeah. <laughs> Made made some TikToks and uh, shouted yes. shouted at the TV screen when Dominic Cummings was on. That's probably how a lot of people's weeks went this week. I think. Yeah, much, pretty much. Um, I mean, it was. It's been a weird week politically, hasn't it? It's been. So, some have said explosive. Um, I don't know what I was mm. expecting on on Wednesday, but I didn't expect it to be a pound for pound like every two minutes of that testimony there would be another fucking like 
bombshell revelation yeah. of like ba- essentially confirming what people like you and I have been sort of have been losing our yeah. shit about for like four years or so. It's like it's it's hard not to feel a little bit agree. Like it's it's you feel righteous, right? You feel like oh mm. fucking, I'm not losing my mind. It is a load of bollocks, and they are all crooks, and they don't know what they're doing. They're incompetent as fuck. There's there's that, but it's also power. yeah, it's also a bit like. <laughs> you motherfuckers like we've been saying this for four years that that this guy is not suitable to be the, the you know and then why does it need brain from pinky in the brain to get in a shirt and tell you yeah yeah and it's like i mean the, the other thing i've noticed in the last couple of days has been people saying that his testimony should not be trusted because um because he he was apparently untrustworthy last year so you know if we didn't believe him with barnard castle then why do we suddenly think he's this you know uh was he that untrustworthy last year thought he was a <laughs> killer of the community yeah it's i mean it, it dumbfounds me that people can be this fucking stupid to be honest like it's it's one of these things where people they know the difference between barnard castle and this shit they fucking know either they they know it and they're pretending that they don't know it or they mm. are too dumb to enter the conversation. But whichever one of those they yeah. want to choose is fine by me. But it's like... there's I, Sorry, there's, there's I did a naughty thing and I still want to get away with that. Yeah. And there's 130,000 people are dead and people need to pay the price for that. <laughs> yeah, precisely. It's like... It's, and it's also the difference between evidenced truth and, um, I don't know, like, like what was clearly bollocks but couldn't be proven to be bollocks so like this like what last year with the barnard castle thing i knew it was a load of rubbish he was saying you knew it was a load of rubbish it, like all of the papers were outraged by it everyone was demanding that he be kicked out of the um i was about to say kicked out of the cabinet but he's not he wasn't a cabinet actual like minister right but kicked out of government right um yeah so everyone knew that it was a load of rubbish and he failed to acknowledge that or address it in a in a mature, uh, credible way. So there's that. And then this year, there is a load of incompetence and corruption going on that's cost the lives, as you said, of like 130, 150,000 people. And he's got the evidence. He's got documents and messages. And, you know, it's there's evidence there to prove that this is true. Whereas last year, it was like, meh. You know, we're all pretty sure you're full of shit, but that you know, so there's a very clear distinction there. Yeah, because all you could say is you didn't take your son and wife on a drive with you for an eye test, and he goes, "Yes, I did," and we just go, "Well, you're a fucking idiot if you did." Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's it. I mean, you can't you can't discount idiocy. <laughs> so it's like what's the saying like don't look for a conspiracy where idiocy could explain it i'm butchering that quote but it's something like that you know it's like yeah it's something along those lines um Um, did you hear his he stood by the line when he was in front of the select committee and said um oh come on if i was gonna think of a lie i'd think of a better lie than that yeah yeah well, you should then that's you a, should have done that then. that's a it's, it's an interesting defense isn't it it's like oh come on you know i'm a better bad guy than that that's like what you're saying yeah. it's like come on i'm a mastermind of manipulation come on yeah i don't know man he's like 
so the, there was there was a shit ton of stuff that came out in that testimony obviously it was about six hours long um, i think it was seven hours seven minutes was it that's what i heard on the radio it was seven hours seven minutes what a fucking shambles that with ve- very few um breaks for going to the toilet or anything like that. normally they'll like have a proper intermission with like a lunch break or something this was just like all right you can have a piss or take a shit then you're getting straight back here and we're carrying on yeah well good for them i mean it's good like he he detests mps he hates westminster mm. he hates journalists so if nothing else it's great to see him sat in that hot seat having to answer some questions because he's so fucking yeah. elusive considering the size of his fucking ego you would think he would be i thought you're just going to say the size of his head <laughs> well it has to contain <laughs> the ego right um yeah, yeah but but for somebody with that much ego you would think he would have the, the same traits of narcissism as boris johnson where he likes to be you know in front of the cameras and to be seen to be the um yeah like the the leader that people go to but he doesn't he's not really like that is he he's much more of a sort of machiavellian I, sit back in the chair stroking the cat kind of figure because he wants to be the one in control of everything else yeah yeah it's an interesting like the 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 difference in like let's say let's say for argument's sake they're both massive psychopaths right but they're different kinds of psychopaths aren't they like johnson is a sort of paranoid narcissist um callous still but just needs to be the center of attention cummings is a sort of there's a there's a meanness to him you know there's a, yeah oh, for sure like, there is. everything is about settling scores and you know, I, I read read a quote one time where somebody said, might have been Marina Hyde actually, said, we're all paying the price for girls in his sixth form laughing at his ideas. And I was like, that's <laughs> perfect because I can totally see that happening. Like him in sixth form of his private college or wherever the fuck it was that he was educated, somebody laughs at him and he's like, now I'll show you. And that's his driving force, yeah. you know? He's it, just ran on spite for like four decades. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, there, there is a quote from his time with the select committee, though, mm. uh, that he'd said to Boris Johnson. So this kind of throws the Boris Johnson's a bit more lovable than he is. Oh, right. Weirdly, out the window. Um, <clears throat> so what he had said to Boris Johnson was, uh, by the end of the year, meaning by the end of 2020, I'm going to be out. Yeah. I'll be out of this. Um, because this is chaos, this house is chaos, and you are more afraid of me having the control yeah. to stop the chaos than you are of the chaos itself. Yeah. And Boris Johnson said, "Yes, yes, I am." Yeah. And and like, didn't he caveat? He was like, <laughs> he likes like Johnson was saying, "I like the chaos," you know, because chaos means that everyone has to come to me. Come to me, yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking weird thing to say. That's a really like psychopathy thing to to come out with. To be like, I like bad things happening to everyone because that means they all have to come to me, and then I'm in control. Like it's that's like height of the messiah complex. Yeah, but then it's like I I, I can't remember who like which episode it was. I was talking to somebody about this a few weeks ago, and I was saying like the fascinating thing about narcissism is that it's so paper thin like what it actually is is a huge vacuum of self 
so mm. where you you self-loathe and you don't have um like you you feel like there's a there's a, a chasm within you and you like how do you feel that because either you weren't loved by your parents or you weren't given enough attention or um or, or you weren't nurtured or like whatever the reason is there is a, a real hole there and so rather than fill it with things that actually bring you joy or you know that help other people and you get that buzz from helping someone what it actually is is it's it's narcissism and ego filling that same place so yeah. that then like ultimately you're sort of complete but it's like it's fucking weird like you just scratch beneath the narcissism and then there's nothing there it's kind of tragic it, it's fragile yeah which is why yeah, but you just go just me me i'm great this is everything i am everything yeah but it's like it's i am so great because i'm i know deep down actually i'm not so if i overcompensate for how great i am then you won't you, you would never dream that i'm actually insecure and you know yeah a bit um i think you mentioned it uh recently a bit uh what is it imposter syndrome yeah but not having the wherewithal to know that you might be an imposter yeah yeah I mean, this is something, yeah, so I was, I was talking about this earlier in the week about how he cures any sense of imposter syndrome that anyone has. Self. Yeah, because yeah. he's just, he's so drunk on, like, Chichilian nostalgia that he just, you know, it, as far as he's, I, I think I even titled the video something along the lines of Boris Johnson is a child in his father's suit pretending to do his dad's job. That's what it feels like. It's like he's so drunk on Chichilian nonsense that for him, this mm. is all a game. Like it's all arrested development, schoolboy japes. He goes into number 10 every day, sits down behind his desk, checks the papers. Like that's how he governs. It's not anything to do with this is the policy that we decided in the manifesto. This is the policy that we were talking about last week about how to improve things for this type of person's life. And these underprivileged is none of that. It's just fuck what are they bashing me about what are they scratching away at that narcissism about today how can i prove them wrong and the only way he seems to be able to prove them wrong is u-turn yeah he's done so many u-turns he's got to be fucking dizzy yeah you're right it's like i mean i was putting tweets out um is it, i mean to be fair to him he hasn't done one has he done one recently i don't know if he has but there was i don't check twitter enough i mean there was a succession of them and at one point i was like i, I can smell another u-turn coming like it was <laughs> it was so it was around the time that all the like rashford school meal stuff was kicking off and there was a couple of other things and i was just like this is fucking nuts this is like government by opposition right because it's like they'll announce that they're doing something and then everyone will say whoa i don't know about that then all the papers get behind it and say yeah we don't know about that either and then johnson reads the headline in the morning and goes whoa well mm. Yeah, we can't be doing that then. Yeah. I don't know. But like going back to the, the Cummings testimony. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably an interesting, well, the most interesting part of that for me was the herd immunity stuff. So like where he was talking about, he said like they had privately agreed within number 10 that herd immunity was the policy. Uh, and then they had briefed journalists on it. So that's why Peston had talked about it that's why Koonsberg had talked about it and so on so everyone was under the impression that it was this was the route that we were going just let it go through the population and we would build up this herd immunity right um and then 
they, I think Cummings shared a picture of the whiteboard <clears throat> from the conversations that they'd had internally. Um, and they had reversed out of this. They had decided that this was, uh, this would overload the NHS and it would cause, you know, like the, the deaths would soar. There would be bodies in the street. Kind oh of, yeah. Right. It, like best case scenario was like 250,000. Yeah. Yeah. So they reversed out of it silently. Um, and it was like there was no confirmation, no acknowledgement that they had made a mistake. No, um, look, we've decided to switch tack on this. And here's the reasons why they just pretended that it had never happened. And so then mm. Cummings said um, he was baffled why they didn't confirm this out, you know, to the to the media, why they didn't acknowledge it. Um, and Johnson refused. He didn't want to sort of give any any ammunition to the opposition and, and, and to newspapers. And then he said that he was baffled why they still continue to deny and lie that this was ever the policy when it's written in government documents, which he then brought along to this thing. And he had messages and he had, he said he was briefing Koonsberg. He was like, it absolutely was the policy. And so anyone that's watching this briefing, uh, this committee appearance is thinking, why the fuck wouldn't you just say we got it wrong? Look, we're in panic mode here. We're in war rooms. We're in Cobra meetings. We're just trying to do the best thing. And we made a mistake. Well, my most of us are in Cobra meetings. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair point. Um, but like, why not just say you got it wrong and now you're switching tack because you realise that this is actually the better route to take? Oh, and, and again, like, why not just acknowledge that now, like a year later and say, look, we were a little bit funny about it around then. But yes, OK, it was the pot, you know, and the answer to both of those questions really is they, they, they shit their tits about newspaper coverage. Like Johnson is obsessed with headlines and newspapers with his image yes exactly he's an ex-tabloid journalist himself um he would claim a broadsheet journalist i uh dispute that um he, he might have been in a broadsheet but he was a tabloid journalist right, yeah um and so yeah i like you you get into this situation where you're like well why is he so like why would you why would you deny and lie about like this right here's the thing this is a a lesson that most people learn when they're about 22 23 when you get your first job after uni or whatever and you know I'll, I'll count myself in this this group of people right you go into an office job or whatever and you make a mistake and somebody says does anybody know what happened with this order and then you go uh no i don't know anything about that like that and then you might oh really because it's you that did yeah, it yeah <laughs> you might get away with it like once or twice but eventually it's going to come back and kick you in the arse, right? Um, and that's, yeah. that is a lesson that normal people learn in their 20s, in their first couple of jobs. So my question is, like, why hasn't a 56-year-old prime minister learned that lesson yet? And the answer to that is because he's never had to take any responsibility for a fucking thing in his entire life. <laughs> like he's... Well, no, because you get sacked from one job and then just goes, this one then. Yeah, yeah. Somebody described it today on, <laughs> in the comments as failing upward, which is a perfect description. You know, he gets fired, then miraculously he's hired somewhere else for more money. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I thought earlier, like what's a good metaphor? What's a good sort of simile type thing to describe Boris Johnson facing his responsibilities? And the best thing I could come up with was it, he's like a deer running onto the M25. Like <laughs> responsibility, yeah, yeah, responsibilities coming at him. He's just like, oh, like dodging, you know. And um, well, the M25 is probably the most apt one because the responsibilities are just standing there and he just walks past. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the frustration with a lot of this is, 
you know, here is this prime minister in number 10 in his office, obsessed with newspaper coverage, obsessed with headlines. How are they going to treat me? What if they find out if I'm shit? What if they find out that we're actually just a group of fuck ups and we don't know what the fuck we're doing? And yet, have you ever known another culture of client journalism quite as like kid gloves as this? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, but... what, what is he so afraid of when they treat him so... Like, he could have literally left number 10 and said, change my mind on herd immunity and also go fuck yourself. And they probably would have sucked his dick. Like, he would have been fine. Yeah. Boris Johnson makes brave decision in changing his mind. Mm. Didn't he say go fuck yourself as well? Oh, I didn't hear that. No. Yeah, right. It's But it, was it just me or with the herd immunity thing? For us just living our lives, it was like normal, normal, normal. Okay, pubs are shut. Yeah. So so everyone just went out onto a field for the weekend. Yeah. And then Monday, okay, lockdown. I don't remember because I've got a young family. So for me, lockdown is almost irrelevant. <laughs> I never leave the fucking house anyway. Like, <laughs> there was a pandemic? Really? Um <laughs> But yeah, I think, like, didn't they, they, did they give us notice when they locked down? I can't remember. No, not really. There was about maybe three hours notice because you oh, yeah. did it something like eight, eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I remember seeing the footage of the trains that were packed because people were just suddenly jumping on these trains trying to get back up north or, you know, back out to the West so Coast. Just massively packed trains because he's got everyone to panic. Yeah. And there is the there is the don't go to work unless you have to go to work. So the next day the tubes are still full because everyone went, oh, I still have to go to work. Yeah. Uh, owners of businesses didn't know whether they needed to be open because they still thought they had to work. It was. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy, isn't it? It's like. I mean, I look at situations like that and that's just one of what, like 20 or 30 fuck ups that have happened in this in this pandemic i think, I think you've been generous yeah right well, maybe i am i don't know but i i look at that sort of shit and i think you know here's this prime minister who's so shit scared of of negative tabloid coverage and what was the output of making poor decisions like that is is nothing like like mm. the worst that he can expect is that they ignore it they don't really acknowledge something bad that he did and and then usually there's some fucking like bump in the polls. Like he'll do something catastrophic, kill stadiums worth of people. And then it's like, and the Tory lead has increased by four points. You're like, motherfucker. These people really love dying, don't they? It's... The, the, the stadium thing is something I try and use actually to try and get people to visualize just the sheer numbers we're talking about. Like this is like Wembley and a half and then some. Yeah. If all, if you filled Wembley and just shot everyone, yeah, you'd think that was the biggest tragedy ever. Yeah. But because it's happened over the space of twelve months, he's doing his best. Yeah, it's fucking. It's. I, I think it's like this sort of collective, um, not wanting to face reality. Like people are so sick and tired of the pandemic that any further dwelling on the reality of it. Like the dark, depressing reality of that 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 number of people have died is just a bummer that they don't need. They're like, oh, 
I don't want to think about that, you know. And and also, if I'm honest, I think a lot of people think quite selfishly, um, just as a like not not because they're necessarily really mean people. I think it's just like a natural setting that people go, well, you know, I think a lot of them were about eighty eight, and yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of that mentality to it, where they're like, yeah, they were they were allowed to die by incompetence and lying at the top of the ministry of health but i think a lot of people just look at it like yeah but i mean how old were those people like i can totally see people saying that kind oh of yeah because that's what was told to them in the first place it was oh most of the people that are dying are in the 80 plus age bracket mm. and you just go oh 80 plus fine that's nowhere near me yeah but that's still someone's brother, someone's sister, someone's mum, someone's dad. Yeah. Very unlikely it's someone's son or daughter. Yeah. Less less. So. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But that that's what they they were they were made to think like that. It was like, oh, that they're old, so that that death is sort of like a, a half death that doesn't really count. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's there's there's like people say every life is precious, but situations like this <clears throat> show you that some lives are more precious than others <laughs> uh politically speaking it's very uh animal farm isn't it in that respect yeah all, all all of us are equal but some are more equal than others yeah do you know what else was interesting with with the testimony stuff was if you look at cummings as a sort of uh that that machiavellian kind of evil genius mm. he's a guy who led the vote leave campaign which was, you know, will go down in history as one of the great political lies in terms of that 350 million on a bus, it, right? It was just the biggest con. Yeah. And the Turkish, you know, Tur Turkey's going to join and blah, blah, blah. And like all the scare stories and the disingenuousness and the, the cynical campaigning. You know, here's this guy who's behind all of that and putting Johnson into number 10 with shit like get Brexit done when we all know it was never going to be done. Um, and like what happened with like the oven ready deal, like it turned out oven ready stick it in the microwave. Is it oven ready or microwave <laughs> ready, John? Right. Come on. So here's this guy with this track record of being a, a fucking bullshitter. And now he's sat in this committee saying, I am here to speak my truth. <laughs> like, it's kind of tragic, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Like at what? Like it's a real boy who cried wolf is a very simplistic way of looking at it. Like why the fuck should? I mean, I do believe a lot of what he's saying. I don't know if I believe a hundred percent of it, but I believe that it's, you know, hugely incompetent and chaotic in number ten. Um, mm, it it really is boy that cried wolf. Like, oh no, the EU's the big bad wolf. Well, no, it's really it's really fucking not. Oh, Jeremy Corbyn's the big bad wolf. Well, he might be to some people, yeah, but ultimately. No, he's not. Mm. Well, Johnson's a big bad wolf, and then I've seen a lot of people just don't believe him. Yeah, yeah, it's a testament, really, to the 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 pulling power and the the weird. It's it's similar to Trump, like where Trump has got such a hold over the Republicans in the states mm. that <clears throat> somebody quoted a figure to me the other day, and I I don't know how true this is, but they said about 53% of republicans truly believe that donald trump is still president president yeah it i'm like are they i have to be careful of my language now apparently i've been told off for saying certain words are they are they moronic can i say moronic um I think so 
it's like how can you like something is as clear to me as you know they tried to do voter intimidation they tried to um keep people away from the polls and so uh, they made it harder for mail-in ballots and so the democrats typically would do uh mailed in ballots but uh, that was exaggerated in this last election because of the demonization of mailed in votes and so then when they find like they counted all of the uh like in-person votes first and it looked like trump was in the lead and then yeah. they counted all the mail ballots let's do the mail and it's like yeah oh. and all these like congressmen and senators and stuff are just like oh well i don't understand like how you know one minute we're in the lead and then all of a sudden these like yeah because they're fucking mail-in ballots dummy you fucking idiot how like because you told one side not to do it while the other side went yeah we're still gonna fucking do yeah. that and the worst thing about <laughs> this is is like and, and i i can totally see this happening here with like gb news and um and w whatever else like whatever other god-awful super right-wing stations pop up but what they do in america in in american news is they don't they don't just let it be refuted they don't like let it die when it's disproven so like when mm. when a manufacturer of a, a voting a vote count machine sues Giuliani and says, um, uh, "You said that our machines don't count properly, so we're going to sue you," and like that is a strong stance to take. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would say, it's it's it signifies that at least this is unresolved. Like you can't just say that it was voter fraud or that Trump is still, but still like what they do is they then go on to the news and they go like. And, you know, following the accusations of voter fraud, like they acknowledge the fact that there was some that there was some like credence to it, you know? Yeah, it, there was um, one beautiful thing that happened during the counting of the votes. And there was a, I don't know, it goes to a constituency, they don't call it constituencies, but mm. there's one, there's one area where Trump was ahead and people are going, stop the count. Mm stop the count and then where where he's behind and they're still counting keep on counting <laughs> keep on. it's like which one do you want them to do yeah yeah but you either think that the counts need to carry on until every vote is counted or you believe that the mail-in um ballots are void yeah but i mean you're you can't have you're trying to wrap logic around something that's fundamentally illogical like they are they're not interested in logic or making sense what they are is like, religiously tied to this messiah type figure like he has such a hold on like didn't they have they had a fucking gold statue of him at the republican convention like when you when you walk into the well, republican convention <laughs> there's a gold trump smiling at you and like, then boris johnson had a strange inflatable heart <laughs> yeah it's sort of like are you familiar with the expression like the shit british version like when America yeah. does something and then, you know, we, we're like, yeah, we can do it too. It's like, we did it with, with the prime minister yes. and then again with an effigy of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of examples, but yeah, Johnson is, I would, I mean, I think he's been called like a pound shop Trump, hasn't he? By like Alistair Campbell. I'm sure multiple times. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking nuts over there. I hope it doesn't get that bad over here, but I feel, I suppose the point I was going to make there was that, it's the, like the fact that the evil genius who they were all rooting for and they were all protecting and putting their careers and their credibility on the line to protect the fact that he's gone and they're still protecting Johnson and Hancock 
suggests that Johnson, I think, has quite a, a tight hold on the Tories. You've also you've also got the MPs that were still sticking up for Cummings mm. after the Barnard Castle thing. Yeah, and he's just gone. No, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you too. Yeah, yeah. That's the funny thing, isn't it? Because it's. And and Matt Hancock, <laughs> bend over and fuck you 300 times. Yeah, he really doesn't like Hancock. What do you think Hancock did to him? I mean, I'd like to say, oh, it's because he lied and because he caused a lot of death. But I don't think people like coming... I, I think there's something personal there. I think... My, my, my understanding is that Cummings wanted to lock down. He wanted a proper lockdown. He wanted just... Like close borders, everyone in their homes, mm. then get tests out sort of regularly. And Hancock kept on interfering because it was his place. Yeah. And every time he interfered, he fucked it up. Right. I see. Um, if I'm understanding it correctly, Hancock had this thing about the 100,000 tests a day. Oh, yeah. He did say something about that. Um, and it was something like he he'd put off getting people tested earlier. Yeah. So he could get build up to that. We will hit a hundred thousand tests by April 21st or whatever it might've been. Yeah. So it, people could have been tested earlier and he didn't want to do that because he wanted to reach his target number yeah. to make it palatable. This I is guess. Like, again, it goes back to sort of press, pressure like tabloid mm. pressure on government um and this is a theme I, I come back to a lot in in my vids that i i do in the week but it's like how how much more efficient would government be if they didn't have this sort of reactionary um you know not proactive way of governing if if someone like matt hancock in that position had just said hmm okay well look obviously testing is the route to to getting this under control but, you know, we we can only test as many test kits as we've got. And, you know, like if there wasn't this big, sexy, like, figure that they had, like, we're going to hit 100,000 a day. Like, and, and the reason that he's saying that is because, you know, he's had meetings with newspaper editors and journalists who are just like, well, you know, I think what we want to see is, you know, you need to get to 100,000. That's what the scientists are telling yeah. us. And like, what if there wasn't that pressure? Then he, him and Cummings would never have rubbed each other out the wrong way. And, you know. Possibly, possibly. Um, it always just seems like we need to do the really popular thing rather than just give it straight. Yeah. The 100,000 tests. Just say, look, we can hit 20,000 tests a day, every day for the foreseeable, and we're going to work to making that more. But right now, this is what we've got and this is what we're working with. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like for for all their desires, and all these people come up the sort of like the private school and Oxbridge route, and then they get into power, and they love being the person in a nice suit in power, but actual leadership they seem to fail spectacularly on. So I would look to like a strong leader, a you know a prime minister or a health secretary or you know chief advisor to take a tough decision and not really care about what the public wants or what the public would be salivating over on a headline. I, you know, I want, I want the leader to stand there and give me the uncomfortable truth and just be like, look, we're not going to mm. have enough tests a day to get this under control. So here's what we're going to have to do is lock down super tight 
until we do get the capacity up. And even then it's, you know, X, Y, like give me the options and give me the background and the context to it. Yeah. But it's, I don't, I don't think any of them have the mental toolkit to lead in that way. I think they all just like wearing nice suits and getting a paycheck and, and, and I want people to like me. Yeah. Well, I don't even think they care too much about that. I think they, they're, they're in a cabinet role well, for like five, well, two to five years. Yeah. And then they fuck off and get a nice board, like a cushy board role at like Goldman's it, or something. In as much as they want people to like them in as much as, as long as they keep their popularity up, mm. there's no chance of them falling away in disgrace. No. Whether they actually value, say, your, your, my opinion, of course they don't. But as long as their popularity rating is high enough, yeah, that's what they want. I guess. But so just going back to like what we were talking before about, um, uh, Cummings being this sort of this this architect of untruth in uh, in politics. So since 2015, 2016, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that the West has become more polarised, more divided, more binary politically. Um, mm. Do you think there's much hope for the future? Are you hopeful? Are you optimistic? Do you think things could be repaired and we can go back to the the slightly nicer days of like you know a measured tory leader like a john major or or or, or just blue labor <laughs> or just or like some sort of progressive alliance like is the, am yeah. i dreaming by thinking maybe we could do that do you think that'll happen i i are you thinking the same thing that i want to happen and it's just the left stop fighting between themselves and unite to take down a common enemy mm. yeah um yeah, see, I I strongly believe that is the only way of taking the Tories out of power because on the right wing, mm. you have conservatives and a lot of conservatives. And who's their op opponents? Refuck UK or whatever they want to be called. Yeah. <laughs> Reform UK. Yeah. Um, They've got them and the British Democrats. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> well, they're ultra right wing, aren't they? This... Oh, I've not even heard of them before. Oh, <laughs> okay. I've got I like that they've got, got, got the name British about... in there, though. So you know it's you know... British Democrats. <laughs> I've got a little story. Um, so my wife and I just moved to a new area mm. just before the council elections. And she went and um, voted in person for the first time because she'd normally do a uh, mail-in ba ballot. Mm. So she had no one there to talk to her about, okay, yeah. this is who they are, this is who they are. And she went, okay, Labour, not voting Conservative. Mm. Oh, it wasn't um, council, it was the police commissioner. Not voting Conservative, not voting Lib Dem. Uh, so I've got another vote. Who's the other one? British Democrats. Okay, Democrats, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so she told me when she got her shirt. So I voted for Labour and the uh, British Democrats. So what were your options? <laughs> uh, Conservatives, Lib Dems, or British Democrats? So right, you should have just not used your second vote. Oh, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> and 
they're like super right wing Nazis. <laughs> Oh shit! See, this is why I need to do mail-in ballots so you can tell me who I <laughs> so I don't do this again. Yeah, I've, I mean, I could have made a similar mistake, I guess, with that sort of stuff. I've never heard of them. I would assume, like, like your wife, like that British Democrats would be a sort of slightly nationalistic uh, Lib Dems, maybe just based on yeah. on. Those... But democracy—that's a good thing. Yeah, but then I don't know. People say, like, you know. Whenever, whenever you see a, a country called like the Democratic Republic of blah blah, blah you're always a bit like, yeah, really? Might be a dictatorship though, might yeah. it? Yeah, it's like seeing a restaurant <laughs> called like Legally Fried Chicken. You'd be like, ah. <laughs> why, why do you, why do you feel the need why to say need, that? Why, why do you need to stress that? Yeah, isn't North Korea a demo, democratic republic? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. It's branded that way, but well, they all get a vote, and it's they but they've only got one option. Yeah. Do you do you vote for this fat chubby dictator, or do you vote to have your fucking head? Like, didn't he he got his <laughs> uncle, like a missile fired into his uncle? Something really like over the top, something that sounds <laughs> like a Hollywood movie taking the piss out of like yeah. what he would do. But it's like genuine. Like I read it in the fucking Metro, man. It was just like intelligence services have reported that they well, strongly it, suspect that Kim Jong Un. If you read it in the Metro, I'd still take it with a pinch of salt. I don't know, man. The Metro's. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, look. The, I'm sure the showbiz pages, and I'm sure like the letters pages, and you know whatever else is is a little bit, you know, tabloidy. But I think like the news pages are all right, aren't they? I don't know. The last time I read the Metro, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Really. Yeah, it, it weren't great. But then we're talking about three or four years ago. It might have changed. Yeah, I mean, I must confess. <laughs> they might have got the scoop on the <laughs> yeah. on the missile to the uncle. Yeah. Do you think... Last time I remember hearing about him, he, it was when he was on his white horse going through the snow. Oh, really? Looking majestic as fuck. Like, if you search him on a horse, yeah. you just get this image of him like that. Like... Putin's image on a horse kind of looks like a sad dad yeah. on a horse. But Kim looks like he's got his shit together. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fuck with him. Like, I know Dennis Rodman flew over there, didn't he? And, like, they hung out for a bit. <laughs> but, I mean, Rodman's a brave man because I would be just constantly shitting it that I was just going to say the <laughs> wrong thing and then it would be, like, a humiliate. Like, that's, I think that's my greatest figure, fear is dying in a stupid way you know like i don't ever want to be the guy who's like you know i'm just going about my day i'm looking forward to doing a podcast tonight and you know maybe we'll go away on holiday later in the you know i'm thinking about my life and, and then i die because a fucking chimney falls on me or like you know just a random ad hoc death where all of my friends go like fucking oh that's a bit shit you know but then like that's how my death is always you know and I've got no recourse. There's no like. <laughs> At least you have that rather than he died of diabetes and people just go, well, yeah, of course he fucking did. Just see him? Yeah, I suppose. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know. I think a, a slightly out there death would bring some comfort to me, actually. What do you think? You mean my death? If, if my I, death if... being out there, would it? <laughs> You're like, actually, I no, quite like, enjoy it. If, if, if I died because I took a missile to the chest. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's, a, that's quite a way to go. At least I didn't just 
go peacefully away in my sleep. Everybody does that. Boring. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you want to find a sort of hipstery death. Like, I I died like that before. It was a cool way to die, you know? <laughs> um, anyway, so um, the other thing I wanted to touch on yes. uh, tonight was the Indian variant, or the variant first discovered in India. Um, uh, this, this is something that sort of crescendoed throughout the week. And I confess <laughs> to... At the beginning of the week, I was thinking, well, like, what's the big fucking deal? Like, isn't basically everyone vaccinated at this point? Like, why is everyone shitting it over this? I thought we were sort of through the woods now, but it really seems like there's a lot of fear out there that this is going to lead to another lockdown. Well, apparently we can't have a lockdown because Boris Johnson irreversibly drunk a pint. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how, how you reversibly drink a pint, but... yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. Like, it's there was a real real flip on that, wasn't there? Like, when they said, this is the irreversible easing of restrictions, and everyone was like, oh, thank fuck. Okay, cool, right, we're out of the woods. It's ir- They say it's irreversible. Cool, yeah, I'm looking forward to the pub. Should we book a holiday later in the year? Awesome, yeah. So everyone's looking at it like, irreversible. And then next thing you know, Hancock and fucking Quasi, I can't remember his surname. Quasi Quateng? Yes, yeah. We're on like the news rounds saying like, well, look, no final decision has been taken yet on, uh, you know, whether we can fully. Re- I'm like, no final decision on the irreversible lockdown. June. Yeah. Yeah. Date are not dates, though, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why you've given us dates the whole fucking way. Yeah. But the, uh, isn't the Indian variant, the, the real reason that's here is because India was never put on the red list, even though Pakistan and Bangladesh yeah. were when they didn't have the Indian variant. Yeah. But because we had an ongoing talks about a trade deal with India. Yeah. Yes. So that's exactly what happened. I think it was in April. Um, I was following Ian Dunt on Twitter yesterday and he, he was like, remember very- the timeline, like keep your eye on the timeline. Like here's what happened. And I, I won't remember the exact dates now, but it was something along the lines of this date, the variant is reported two weeks later, uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan are on the red list, but it's not announced until like, it's not confirmed. It's not actually actioned until yeah. like 10 days after that. And then basically it works out as one don't, month. Don't get your panic flights in. Yeah. It's like one month after it should have been immediately put on the red list and after like 20,000 people or something ridiculous had flown in from yeah. from that region, finally we sort of shut the borders and then, but didn't really. And then it's, and it's, oh, no, we've got the Indian variant in Blackburn. Like, yeah. Well, well yeah. <laughs> what, did think, what did you think was going to happen when you let 20,000 people come over from India where they've got an Indian variant that's tearing the country apart? Yeah. But then, I mean, this is exactly what happens when you've got somebody like Johnson in power who's never had to take responsibility for anything. It's like I was saying earlier, like he doesn't really feel any urgency or responsibility for taking the quick, sharp, sensible decision. Um, so he doesn't. And so it, now we are where we are again. Um and they'll probably, you know, maybe there'll be a fifth lockdown. I don't know. like, But it, it seems like there's there's a real pattern here of every sort of, what, three months, three to six months, they say, okay, we're going to ease the restrictions. 
and then they do and then something flares up and then it's again it's the choice between do we lock down or mm. and like i was working out some of the some of the figures earlier i was thinking like why is everyone so so scared about this and yeah like this is just sort of back of the back of a fag packet figures like in my mind but uh for about 40 million people have been vaccinated with two jabs i think um one jab i think it's around 20 million bad both oh really okay yeah oh right in that case it's way worse then maybe that's why they're so worried about it but um because it's the way they bill it they bill it as oh 60 million people have been vaccinated and you think oh brilliant yeah but then they go so that's 40 million have had the first and 20 million have had their second yeah yeah right well 20 million have had their second they're in that 40 million that have had their first yeah yeah well if you look at it it's, like it's 20 it's million. the fucking it's the getting the new nurses all over again yeah like it's you can't have new nurses just by keeping your current nurses. You can't have extra vaccinations on the same person. Well, careful now, because what they'll do is they'll say, we're building 40 new nurses. And it's fucking great. Yeah. So you had you already had these 40 nurses, but you just gave them like a, a new little watch thing. That's what you yeah. did. Yeah. So, oh, OK, we're building. We're building a new hospital. What, you mean that one right behind you? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that we're going to build. Yeah. Well, you've done a bang-up job because it's already there. Great job, <laughs> yeah, Hancock. Um, did that 50 years ago somehow. Yeah. We're so good at this. We're so optimised and efficient that we've, <laughs> we're building a new hospital that we actually already built 40 years ahead of time. That's how good we are. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the uh, so the vaccination figures I don't think are quite representative of the truth yeah that's the, I, I i might i might be completely wrong it might be that the the 20 million people aren't included in those that have had the first yeah but i think i think they are well i i worked it out as like if i was working on 40 million but let's say it's 20 million that are fully vaccinated i was thinking okay 20 million and let's say it's an efficacy of 90 percent. so 10 percent of those will be vulnerable so 20 million that's 2 million right um so 2 million people uh could could still get covid and it's 5% get it very very seriously but i don't know if it's 5% across all age groups or if it's 5% you know i don't I, yeah i'm not sure how that actually would work with the people who have been vaccinated versus the people who haven't but let's say that it is 5% then so 10% of 2 million is 200,000 and half of that would be 100,000. So 100,000 people are going to get seriously ill and end up in hospital. But again, I don't know what time, like if it would spread out, is it 100,000 people all at once are going to end up in ICUs, in which case, kaboom. And, but if it's... And would it be 100,000 people that are all 65 and over? Yeah. Or would it be spread across the age range? Because over 30s and overs have only just started been being offered the first yeah yeah vaccination and then that will skew the numbers again with who mm. is more susceptible to getting the virus because younger people apparently don't yeah get it as much so the vi so you'd assume that the vaccination would work even better mm. the younger you are when you're given it 
I think that's true. I don't like I'm not a doctor, but I think that the <laughs> vaccine is more effective in younger people than it is in older people. Uh, but don't quote me on that because I, I might yeah, just be yeah. talking out my ass there. Don't quote me either because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and another area I want to touch on just before we wrap up because we've only got ten minutes. These episodes fly by, man. I know, too. Um, was your your background? So, I mean, look, we're talking mm. about the the pandemic a lot, and we're talking about governmental uh, fuckery. Um, but you were working in like airport security, right? Like at the beginning of the, yeah. the pandemic. So maybe like, could you tell us a little bit about that? What was that like? Must have been fucking nuts. So, yeah, airport security is a shit show at the best of times. Mm. Uh, you see the very, very worst of people. Right. You see them at their rudest, at their dirtiest, at their drunkest. What, like just, just regular every... people sort of coming through, they're on their way to a stag yeah. weekend somewhere, they don't want to be stopped. You're sort of suspicious, or, maybe. Or you've got the people that are going home. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you do just see everyone at their worst. Middle-aged English people really? are the worst. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Middle-aged white English people, Those I should fucking stra- boomers, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because... Why should they? Why should they be such? They're not a terrorist. Yeah, because there's never been any white terrorists. Is there? I think statistically, aren't more terrorists white than brown? Probably, probably. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's a shit show at the best of times. And you, uh, how do you <laughs> social distance in a job like that when you have to have your thumbs in someone's? Well, not their underwear, but like in their waist but i i, I had it to say something way filthier there <laughs> when you've got their thumbs like right up there yeah is that like uh, just be honest is that was was that part of your job no um that maybe if you're coming into a country someone might try and yeah someone might try <laughs> just a random person will just try and finger your bum yeah um I, you might get it in customs if someone really suspects you of trying to smuggle drugs in. But on the way out, if you did have a thing for fingering people's bums, probably an airport security area is a great pickup zone because you could you could just tap somebody on the shoulder and go like, "Excuse me, sir, would you mind coming this way?" And then you could lead them into a room, give them a sort of pat down, literally finger their bum hole. And they'd probably just go along with it because they'd be like, well, yeah, this is what happens here. Like, I obviously look suspicious. Uh, you would have to be attracted to the same sex for that to happen because you don't search the opposite sex. I like that you're homing in on the, like, well, you'd have to be, you'd have, basically, you'd have to be gay. Aid. Like, rather than that's really unacceptable, why the fuck did that pop in your head, <laughs> Aid? You weirdo. <laughs> I like this. Hey, you make me I, feel much more comfortable. I worked there for six years. We we had all the thoughts. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So but, carry on. So bit of a <laughs> bit of a rude zone. People treating you badly, not being respectful. They just want to yeah, be on their so, way. They're tired, aggy, or they they've left it way too late, which mm. happens far far too often. They they get to you and just say, 
I, I'm late for my pl- flight and we're scanning their ticket. Okay. Yeah, you're very late. You've missed it. Like, well, can can you make it stop? Like, how how can we make it stop? It's it's gone. It's in the air. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can't get it back. You're really late. The, the fucking entitlement um, appeared. Do, do you remember there was a news story? Oh, or maybe it was on Have I Got News For You? It was quoted. Like, there was some sort of quotey story. It was around, like, after 9-11 and all the, like, planes were grounded or cancelled or something and the announcer says uh yeah all all flight like the flight is cancelled from new york to london or whatever and then this woman like waves a ticket and she's like does that include first class you're just like are you out of your fucking mind like like everyone's grounded everyone's having a bad day and you're just like look i'm first class can you still fly the plane for me well, I, 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 I'm better than the scum, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Look at me. I have a Gucci bag. Yeah. I'll give you an... I'll... Look at them wearing Sports Direct. Yeah. I'll give you my Gucci bag if you can just take me home. <laughs> to be fair, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I've touched wood. I've never had a really bad, like, airport experience. But if I was really tired and, like, hung over at the end of a, you know, stag weekend, like, I might be that desperate, like... Although it's difficult to imagine if I'm... <laughs> well, especially if I'd bothered to pay out for first class, right? Because first class is so much more expensive. It's not like sort of, you know, the flight... The normal flight is 500 and then first class is like, you know, 1100 It's like normal mm. flight's 500 first class, £3,000. It's like so out there crazy. If you're, if, you're fly, if you're flying first class, you need to be in that seat for a long, long yeah. time. Yeah. Like if I'm flying first class, I want I want to be stuck on the mm. runway. I, I, I'm getting as much of this as I can. Yeah, for sure. I want to be treated like royalty, but, uh, massaged. I want to yeah. have like the the flight attendants whisper ASMR stuff in my ear. Oh no, I can deal no. with that. Uh, ASMR makes me really uncomfortable. Really? What if it's yeah? Like, what if it's like encourage? Like it's not just sort of you know sounds of people eating or like all that weird shit it's like <laughs> like i i'm like saying to my girlfriend i'm like can you do like asmr but just like whisper stuff about like how your friends husbands don't make as much money as me or like like, <laughs> like really just like ego strokey like stuff you know? <laughs> tell me i look good in a suit no, but in it. asmr <laughs> no it, ma- it makes me genuinely really uncomfortable mm. I don't know what it is about it, but I get that horrible feeling down my spine. Really? Yeah. It... You might want to look into that. Has somebody like whispered stuff in your ear uncomfortably when you were a child? Or... Oh, great. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hell of a dark story to leave it on. Mind you, last week's episode, the last, the last thing was talking oh. about a fucking dead cat, so... That that was brilliant. Just the last line. Well, she is a dead cat. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. Just working there in a pandemic, just I I couldn't deal with it. Being about this far away from someone else's mouth as they cough directly into your mouth. Yeah. It it's one of the most disgusting things. So I'm glad I'm not there now during the pandemic because. Did you have people I... like, like, because I like obviously airports are a hotspot because they're indoors and there's lots of people passing through and they're all coming from different countries and so on. But 
I would like to think that people would be very, very vigilant, especially in the early days of the pandemic with, you know, masks, keeping their distance from each other. And But is it just that the pictures and videos that we see on the news of like, oh, fucking hell, look at Terminal 5. Nobody gives a fuck. Like everyone's like smushed into Is it that they don't uh, give a fuck? No one or is it that airports are just, it? that's just how they are. There's no getting away from it. Airport. Air airports are horrible they pack you in as much as they mm. can and you it's always recycled air people get sick all the time mm. um and then you are just dealing with truly disgusting people that haven't washed their feet in about three years oh yeah Who's the worst person you've ever had to deal with worst person i've ever had to deal with was i didn't even have to deal with them um i was a good 75 meters away and i could smell their feet that bad oh it was horrendous. because we have to take their we, we have to take your shoes off if we're going to search you and i really wish we could have kept them on i he he left like he left those sort of like foot shaped sweat marks as he walked through without his shoes on and we're saying please put your shoes yeah. back on please please put them back on it's yeah, I think he melted away some of the yeah, floor. Like as soon as you started saying that, I was thinking, I, I mean, not not to mock, but there used to be a homeless chap in my hometown who would have his like he didn't have shoes; he just had cardboard like sellotaped around his feet. Mm-hmm. And I imagined like that's the sort of feet. Is that the level of feet I, we're I, talking? I, I, I'd imagine <laughs> that was better. Gross, <laughs> fucking gross. The, the uh. The worst thing about it is someone had to sit next to him then for about four yeah. hours. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Like, you think most people should have a sort of base level of shame, you know, like of self-awareness. Oh, yeah. You're just like, hang on, I think I might be. Like, for me, it's like earlier I had a shower just before we started doing this and I didn't have a chance to put deodorant on because the spray of the deodorant, I was worried it was going to wake up the baby, like startle the baby. So I didn't right. put it on. And even though there's no one in this cabin with me, I'm still conscious of the fact I'm like, have I started to stink yet? Like, I'm, you know, and I assume I like I uh, I give people some credit. All right. There's some expectation from me that that other people also have this, you know, that they would think no, no. I better. Oh, fuck, I forgot my my um, my deodorant today and I've got to sit next to Sarah at work all day. Oh, I better nip out and then get some deodorant. Otherwise she's going to smell me and, oh, it'd be really, you know, like there would be the shame. It should kick in, but that does not exist for everyone. No, there, there is a shocking amount of people whose level of hygiene is worse than a wild yeah. animal. Well, like much worse because a lot of wild animals are quite clean but they've got no they've got no shame mm. at all you'd they'd come through and you'd say you need to search them and they'll just lift their top right yeah. up but I, I don't know what you think you're doing you're just flashing me in airports cheers yeah especially like in in an airport as well like i can i i'll forgive you if you you know let's say tonight you have five stellas or whatever and then tomorrow you wake up with a thick head and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to just going to nip down the Costco or whatever. And, you know, nip, I don't know why I said Costco. I'm thinking of like co-op, right? Don't want to go to. <laughs> just going to nip, just going to nip down to Costco and buy some shit in bulk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you'd nip to the wholesalers on a, like with a hangover. That sounds horrible. But how, how, how much Benadryl did Benadryl? That's the wrong one. 
Fuck me, I'm hungover. Yeah. Um. Oh shit. Have I lost? Barocca was what I was thinking. Barocca. Barocca will do. Wait, I've lost my uh, my camera. Have I gone dark on you? No, but you are frozen. Oh, no. I thought I thought that was just. No, hold on. I thought that was my Let me end. See if I can repair it. Technical issues. It it was quite a quite a good looking still. It was just. Right, hold on. Let's try this again. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, it's flipped to the other one. <laughs> I'll just. It looked like it looked like you had a like a kabuki mask. Okay. There we go. Technical problems. This is what you get when you watch a um, a, a very budget, non-professional punk rock production uh, in a studio that has not been bought by Amazon this week. Um, <laughs> it's what gives it... Ah, it's what gives it its charm. That shouldn't have been hard to say, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like <clears throat> Sometimes I talk to my girlfriend about this. Like, cause we were talking about getting a um, a like garden office or something like out in the back there. And mm. is that not what you're in? Well, I'm in a in a log log cabin sort of thing, and I've done some insulation work, but very shitly. Um. So, oh, we have the, we have the log cabin in the garden, but uh, a garden office as well. I think we're we're gonna essentially have a small city. Yeah. I'm, d I'm doing nothing <laughs> in our backyard. Doing That's nothing good. to dismiss the rumours that I'm some sort of champagne socialist, am I? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to help the little people, but I also want my garden office first. Um, <laughs> well, I don't have a garden, but I do have two bathrooms, which is a strange ratio. Fucking hell! Ooh. <laughs> I know <TV> two box. <laughs> That's what they yeah. call me. But yeah, like so, we. I, I was thinking, like, yeah, and then I could do like the podcast in the garden office thing down the bottom, and then I, I was thinking, but I really fucking like it in here. Like, it's sort of, you know, it's 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 shacky and it's a bit punk rock, and like you can't see it, but I've got this collage thing of a load of graffiti up here in front of me, and I think I'd miss it. I think it'd be like, I, th I also think here's my biggest fear, is if we had a garden office. My girlfriend would want to work in it also because she hasn't got anywhere to do anything at the moment. Um, and then I'd have to keep it tidy, and it would it, it could you, you'd it have could a, never be shacky and punk rocky. It would be like you'd have a John left of the countryside situation where he had all that random furniture. Right, yeah, it wouldn't be my studio. It would be like our office, and it has to like if again you can't see it here, but this is fucking chaos. Um. <laughs> I've got like props here. I've got wigs. I've got beer cans and like like letters I opened about three months ago and then just left here. Like I couldn't do that in a shed office. These are strange. These are strange brags. I have wigs, beer cans, and letters. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bragging. I've got a few wigs, you know. Um, if I, sorry, if I could bring it back from your metropolis of yeah. a garden, um, to if I could say one story from the airport that I found quite mm. amusing, it's pre pandemic times. Um, but there's, you know, when you come back from another country and you go through customs, you get your bag and then there's that last door that you go through no way yeah. back. But that's, that's manned by a security officer. And one guy came out and he said, 
I'm just going to get a sandwich and then I'll be back for the rest of my group. Right. N- no, you won't. <laughs> what, what do you mean, no, I won't? Well, that was a secure area. You've just left the secure area. You can't get back yeah. in there. Well, you can let me back in. I went, no, no, I can't. I can't get back yeah. in there. It is properly secure. Well, how can I get back in there? I went, short of taking a flight somewhere else and then back yeah. here. Can't. <laughs> oh. went, well, that's ridiculous. I went, well, no, most people understand yeah. the, the the no entry sign and this is the exit yeah. sort of prospect. But I, I left a group of elderly old women in there. Went, okay, well, I'm I'm sure they're going to come back out at some point. They're going to realise that you're not yeah. there. Well, well, no, they won't because I, I told them to wait there. Well, you shouldn't have <laughs> done that, should you? And he goes off in a huff and he comes back and, seriously, can you let me in? Went, no, like genuinely, even if I wanted yeah. to, which I don't, cause being a dick. <laughs> Um, I couldn't let you in. It's... But they're waiting for me. I mean, honestly, there is only one way out. You know, the same way you yeah. went. They they will eventually. They'll speak to someone and say, "Where's the way out?" And they'll come out. Yeah. Or like, went, I mean, they're well, old ladies, but are they old ladies without phones? Surely, old ladies have phones too. Well, I. I that's actually something I asked. I went, Can you not ring them? And he went, No, they don't have phones. So no, they they were they were back in the early nineteen nineties. Shit. Um, and then let's <laughs> let's try and leave this on a happy happy note. Well, <laughs> well, well. What, they didn't what, die. Did what you then said was, Please don't tell me this is not a dead cat story. <laughs> there was just about four dead old women just going around I'm the carousel. Like, this is even worse than last week's story. <laughs> <laughs> no he he said he said to me well they make jokes about this airport and now i can see why i went why because you left old ladies in a baggage hall that's why they make jokes about yeah. us off you go mate Jog on. The, the the fucking <laughs> the need to apportion blame to people for your own fuck up it's really quite a skill isn't it it's like oh it, it is fascinating right someone's two hours late for their flight and because i searched them i'm the one that made them yeah. late like, i searched you for like 30 seconds and now you're off but you got here about three minutes before your gate closed yeah i like i remember when i was living in i think i was living in tooting broadway in london and uh i was down in i don't know why that's relevant but i was down in like Acton, uh <clears throat> catching a train somewhere and on the other side of the platform, this woman was obviously in, in a hurry to a wedding. And the trains at this platform were only like every 15 or 20 minutes or something. And so clearly she was in a hurry and this was her train. Anyway, she runs down the steps and as she's getting near to the bottom of the steps, and then like the doors shut and she runs up to the train and she just goes like, no, 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 no. And then like the train just moves off and like at all i heard was this woman just go like oh i could just shoot myself in the fucking head like that she was so angry and it like it was such a specific thing to say as well like most people would just go like oh shit like but she like for her it was a shoot me in the head thing and uh like hmm wasn't being listened to one night and she went right 
guess I'll just slit my throat. <laughs> yeah, so over the top, but I love it. You've got, you've got to have that in there, ready to yeah. go. It reminds me a bit of um, this is this is slightly different, but on in the same vein, in the same lane of uh, like people that say shit that it just shuts the shit down. Like like I've I've got this friend Jeremy from my hometown Maidenhead. And like everyone was joking and laughing in this in this party or like I wasn't there, but I've seen the video footage of it and like everyone's joking and laughing. And, you know, the, it's the, like the no, like noughties or late 90s and they're bouncing jokes off each other. And then he just tried like in his mind, this line was hilarious and it was the next logical joke to crack. So whatever the context was, he comes out with this. He just goes. <laughs> so split your pussy like that and just silence just like you know when people you know when people look scared at how shit the like it's just crickets and then people going like huh <laughs> what did you say <laughs> and like, there's just video oh. footage of him just like leaving the like okay yeah bye to, to have video footage of such a tumbleweed moment that is beautiful yeah. i i have a sort of <laughs> a firm belief that in order to go into stand-up comedy or open mic comedy at least you have to have mm. had a few of those moments yourself like oh yeah because you just go like you have to have no, built no. up the armor <laughs> of i mean here we are talking about like how could people be so shameless but you have to have built up the armor <laughs> <laughs> where you no longer feel shame if you say something that wasn't funny. Like, you you just have to be like, oh, that didn't fucking work, did it? As long as you can go, that just wasn't funny, rather than, that was really fucking offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then, then you still come out of it like, okay, you just quiet down yeah, now. Yeah, right. But <laughs> split your pussy. Well, I don't know how you keep on th bringing these memories back into my mind. Um, a, a factory I used to work in, we found a field mouse mm. and a couple of girls were got, got it in like a box and they were taking it out and someone would touch it, someone would lick it and then the, the next logical one from lick it was fuck it till it splits it's <laughs> <laughs> so like what is it with like, some, some people some people just don't have the threshold there like most people have a limiter, like you have in an engine, you have a limiter, you don't yeah. go above it, it's it's just there, it's ingrained. Yeah. And um if you, if you try it'll just bring in Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'll 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 serve you one more of these stories and then we'll have to call it yeah, a night. Go on. But like uh, I used to work in yeah. a, a bowling alley back in Maidenhead and uh I was down my, my best mate worked in the workshop in like the technician area in the back. And I was down there with him and one of the bouncers and we were talking about this girl that works there and we were saying like, yeah, we should get down here. Like, and I, I said, yeah, we should get down here like for a fag break. She's a good laugh. And then my mate was just like, yeah, she is a good laugh. Have you seen her when she's pissed? She's proper funny. And then the bouncer just out of nowhere goes like, yeah, and then we should fuck her. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> we're just, we're just having, what? Where did that come from? Like, calm down, Rafi. Yeah. Like you, you need to settle down. That is a like, that's a after five pints comment that you blurt out. That's not a sober. I'm on shift. 
I work in security. <laughs> Come on. How, how rough is Maidenhead that you had bouncers at a bowling alley? Um, Maidenhead's a, I like, I could talk for hours about this stuff, but like, it's a sort of tale of two cities, right? Because it's down the river area. It's Bolter's Lock. It's, uh, it's very nice. Riverside, loads of like, G- well, GMTV or like TVAM back in the day, like, like Lorraine Kelly or Rika Johnson, Terry Wogan lived there. Uh, Rolf Harris before he was fucking kids. Properly fucking rough. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's like a, it's quite an affluent area around that part. And then on the other side mm. of town, on the wrong side of the tracks, um, there's a few council estates. I grew up on uh, three of them. We moved around a couple of times, and um, and it can be rough. Like it's, it's really it's quite weird. Like I I grew up in a on an estate with one girl and i kept in touch with her and she said that she brought her boyfriend back to maidenhead and he had been in london for like five or six years and the first night he was in maidenhead he got mugged and i was like that's fucking crazy but also it didn't really like there there's some trouble there but it's yeah i don't know man like i lived in peckham for a year and a half and i didn't get mugged at all and people were like you need to watch out mate don't go out too late and i was like it's it's the most gentrified hipstery fucking place in the world. Like doesn't feel dangerous <laughs> to me, but, but then my girlfriend's from Peckham originally. And she was like, you don't have to scratch too far beneath the surface to get to the problems in Peckham. Like, I know it looks nice, but there's a lot of gang shit that goes on there still. So I don't know. It's the, it's just a version of Boris Johnson's whole of ego. <laughs> yeah. Like a, it's a little bit nice on top, a little bit, um, I was about to say self-effacing. That's not really Boris Johnson at all, is it? Um, <laughs> anyway, listen, mate, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much yes. for joining me tonight. Um, Thank you for having me. It's been great. Uh, and, well, yeah, I'd love to get you back on. To- or a Tony the Tiger. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get you back on in a, in a few weeks if you're free and if you're up for it. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to, to catch up with Billy, then he's on uh, TikTok um, as Bounce Back a Billy blog and on twitter as bounce back a bill two i think from memory yep. and uh, on instagram is something very similar as well so um but if you if you really want to see me just tiktok because i can't keep up with more than one thing at yeah, once TikTok's, tiktok's life right I, now I, I get overwhelmed yeah. but yeah thanks very much for for joining us tonight and um yeah, anyone yeah. that's uh listening to this on the podcast if you wouldn't mind leaving a nice cuddly five-star review that would be amazing and uh i'll catch up with you all next week friday night 7 30.